0: Hello, good morning. Today, I would like to share with you from the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verses 1 to 6. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth were completely gone. There was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. It was coming down out of heaven from God. It was prepared like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband, I heard a loud voice from the throne. It said, look, God now makes his home with the people. He will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death and there will be no more sadness. There will be no more crying or pain. Things are no longer the way they used to be. He who was sitting on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down. You can trust these words. They are true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give water to anyone who is thirsty. The water will come from the spring of the water of life. It doesn't cost anything. We are living in this world in... In this life as best as we can we know of the problems of this life and we also know of the precariousness and fragility of human life everything leads us to the conclusion that the life of every one of us is temporary and fleeting hence many who deny god and jesus christ is that they affirm like this, life is only one and you have to take advantage of it and try to be happy. Enjoy life and be happy. Do the things you like to do the most, but even for those who have this philosophy of life, perhaps without God, life will also end. And then what? This is why the French philosopher, Blaise Pascal, once stated, If I believe in God and eternal life, and you don't, then if God doesn't exist, we both lose when we die. However, if there is a God, you lose and I gain everything. Therefore, the most logical thing would be to believe in God. It is true, there is a logic in it, but we believers believe first not for convenience, but because we have found Christ and we have had an experience of faith with him and we love him, and in our day-to-day we continue to live in fellowship with him. The message of salvation is a free message. It's a choice. It's an invitation. No one is forced to believe in God. We are rather invited to believe He promises us today through the visions of the Apostle John of the book of Revelations that beyond this ephemeral life, there is a new existence to what we call heaven. That is why John speaks of a new heaven and a new earth, all new, a holy city, the new Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the center of the spiritual life of the Jewish people, the people of Jesus, the Hebrew people, the people who followed God, The expression New Jerusalem in the New Testament is also used as a synonym for heaven. He says that this new city will be as beautiful as a bride adorned for her husband. And we are also told that sadness will end, and the things that make us sick, the tears will go away. It is said that death will no longer exist. People will not die anymore. Death, even for Christians is one of the things that most terrifies us. Well, we don't know what it is. We see when the life of a loved one ends and it makes us sad and leaves us with a void in our being that is difficult to fill. That is why we reject everything that symbolizes death, decay, that things end. Well, when something ends, this is similar to death. When things, however, start, this is life. That is why we like spring so much, because everything blooms, everything lights up, the sun seems stronger and warmth makes us want to do things, go outside to work, to do the things that we couldn't do during the winter or enjoy just from nature. That gives us life. We love life. We cling to everything that is synonymous with life. Jesus tells us in John's vision that he makes all things new. We also like new things. When an object is old that doesn't work or when we have to renovate the house because there are things that no longer work, we like to do it because new is synonymous with life, cleanliness, a new beginning. It is good to renew Not to get rid of things that are useful and beautiful, but of those that we no longer need and make us sick. Jesus tells us that he wants to make things new. In this time of spring, we begin to think about all the new things that we want to start in our lives, in our house. All the projects we have that we have to change, perhaps to buy or simply to do maintenance. It is a time that we want to take advantage of to do things. And if we don't want to do things, we simply want to enjoy what what we do have. But renewing ourselves with this new season of the year, maybe we could ask Jesus if he can give us a hand to renovate the house. Although we know that in this sense, he's thinking, first of all, of the spiritual things. He wants us to experience spiritual renovations, a renovation of our soul in the first place. He wants us to leave behind all those beliefs that haven't served us to live a happy life in the earth that he has given us, granted us. And he wants us to renew our thoughts, our feelings, our mindsets, our way of looking at the world and at this life and above all to renew our faith and trust and our relationship with him. That is why in today's gospel he tells his disciples before being crucified, I give you a new command, love one another, you must love one another, just as I have loved you. If you love one another, everyone will know you are my disciples. A new law, in addition to loving God, And loving Him. We must love our brothers and sisters, whom in the Bible we call our neighbors. Do we have to love our neighbor as a law in order to go to heaven, as a condition? No, that's not the idea. Jesus asks us to love our neighbor simply because He asks it, and because we love God, we want to obey Him. Martin Luther said, referring to this, God doesn't need your good works but your neighbor does. That is the new law. This is what Jesus tells us in the most important commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. From Matthew chapter 22. We love God when we worship Him, and we love our neighbor when we do good works. God has already prepared a new house for us, a new earth, and a new heaven beyond this life, and He's waiting for us. What should we do in the meantime? Loving God, worshiping Him, participating in the church, praying, reading His Word, singing, and loving our neighbor, doing good works aimed at the better world until the time of reunion. That way we can be Christians. At the end it says that Jesus is the water that satisfies thirst. That is, it is the answer to our needs and anxieties. If you feel thirsty and not for water, but you feel a spiritual emptiness in your being, he promises to fill that emptiness with the water of life. That water of life is the presence of His Holy Spirit. That water costs nothing. He only asks for your commitment, your devotion, your trust in Him. He is willing to give you that water of life if you really want it. It's likely that today you have come to church or gone to church in search of a message of hope that will fill you with peace, joy, desire to live, to renew yourself personally? Today God offers us to make spring renovations in our lives. Are we willing to allow ourselves to be challenged by his word? Let us believe in him, love him, and love our neighbor. That will give us a spiritual renewal, peace, joy, satisfaction in life and fulfillment. Amen. I wish you a wonderful week.